0: They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
1: You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network.
2: hello everyone welcome back to another episode of screen heroes my name is ray and i am joined by my two very wonderful hosts ryan hi and derek
3: yo how are you guys fine cool yep. Just fine Pretty awesome normal. awesome fine everything's fine here all how right then
2: you? okay well off to a great start so i do want to personally apologize last week we missed an episode i had a very horrific hospital stay so we're not going to go into details but it was a shitty week last week we skipped things um that does mean i did not get to see it too so we're not reviewing it we are finally doing our martial arts episode
1: three years later yeah,
3: Ryan requested this episode back in 1995, and uh, we're just now
1: finally getting to it. Yeah, There's Derek and just... Rachel finally had time to watch some martial arts <laughs> movies. They found time in their busy schedule.
2: It's funny, because it's true. Yeah. It's only a little exaggerated. No, well, I'm
1: excited. Um, uh, It's it's a genre that I personally have a pretty big attachment to, so you know, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. Which genre was it again? Hmm.
2: Spaghetti Westerns.
1: Spaghetti Westerns.
3: That's spaghetti right. Westerns. That's
1: I, mean. I love Spaghetti Westerns. Yeah, martial arts films. Yeah. I mean, I've Kung s- fu movies. Yeah,
3: yeah, I had seen martial yeah. arts films outside of sure. this podcast, but... But I... You know.
1: W- you know, this brought your attention to some... some that I think you very much enjoyed, and we'll get to talk about those.
3: Yeah. And, I, you know, we wanted to prepare for this, too, because it's not something yeah. that I watch as heavily as, like, superhero movies. So when we, you know, pick, like, a ranking of the MCU, that's a lot easier for me to do off the cuff, you know?
2: I... Is the term "spaghetti Western" racist? Because like it's supposed to be a Western that's done by an Italian director. That's racist, right? I mean, I don't know. Everybody likes spaghetti.
1: I don't know what the problem (laughs) is.
3: I don't know enough about the term. It depends, I guess, who created the term and why. How they were using it. Like it well was they were by the italian directors no they that were i
2: think it was describing sergio leone's no, films. Then, they,
3: then yeah that's that's racist
1: that, <laughs> you know. well i wanted to be known that rachel was the one that's used that term not not me yes
2: yes rachel's also italian i get like a slight oh, okay, pass so it's not gay. it's not a great pass but you know anyway let's do this so we got a little bit of news first of all you gotta hand it over to Ryan because he's seen it. Uh, the Titans season two debuted.
1: Yeah, this past yeah week. kind of out of the blue. There wasn't mm. really a lot of advertising. I got some Facebook nope. ads for it, but I completely forgot about it. And then one of our friends was like, hey, hey uh, Titans episode one, season two dropped. Did anybody watch it? And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I should watch that. Yeah, how and was it? it? It should have been the finale of last season, like it was originally intended to be. If you don't know, They made, I think it was 11 episodes last season. Yeah. They they were going to do 12, but then they cut off the last episode and made it the first episode of this season, which upon watching there's a scene of a lot of cgi and i wonder if that maybe didn't go quite as quickly as they thought it would so that was where the decision came from
2: that's a fair uh, point so you think
3: maybe it wasn't done in time
1: right I, th- I that's what okay having watched the episode it's the only reason why i could think of why they would have done it because it was such a better way to end the season or would have been such a better way to end the season than it was to start the season so that's really interesting because i was
3: so I have not seen the season premiere yet. So I had taken the finale for season one much more cynical and thought they were doing it to just bait people to keep their subscriptions and watch the next season. I don't
1: think that's what it was. Okay. I mean, if that's you good. remember what happened at the end of last yeah. season, you can probably figure out where the CGI went based on the characters in that scene. Uh, yeah, That's um, fair. And yeah, I, I think that's probably why. Well,
3: okay. I mean, I can appreciate that because if they had maybe if they had shown what they had, it would have been terrible and we would have been talking about how awful the finale looked. Right. You know, that may have hurt the chances of it actually getting a second season. It
1: might have. But yeah, I mean, it was a great it was even on on, as a premiere. It was a great episode. It was, uh, you know, it really set up the rest of the season when it should have been a tease for what's coming last season. But yeah, it was enjoyable. I think you guys will like it when you get around to watching it.
2: Good. Uh, next up, couple Margot Robbie news. First of all, not much to really share, but her production company, not her, her production company has optioned for a Oh no, tank every
1: girl. every news outlet is saying it's gonna be her. So you're, I had to you're dig through wrong. the
2: news articles, but no, it's her production company. So her money's behind it, or at least her I guess force, her name, her whatever, but there's Nothing saying that she's going to play Tank Girl. If she does, that would be pretty cool. She's rounding herself out to be like a new Queen of the Nerds, which I love. But you know, right now she's going
1: to start pigeonholing herself if she's not careful.
2: That's possible.
1: I don't know. I mean, she's
3: done Oscar-worthy material, done.
1: But I'm based on what's coming, is looking. Maybe she prefers it.
2: I think it's a good. Like right now, what she's doing is Oscar movie blockbuster oscar movie blockbuster it's a decent pattern and i think she can keep it up because she has bombshell coming out and then she also is doing birds of prey suicide squad 2 uh the barbie movie and now her production company is doing tank girl has she well (laughs) officially no one's been confirmed for suicide squad 2 so we can kind of leave that up in the air but Again, Birds of Prey in the Barbie movie, she's definitely starring in.
3: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, she just might be having more fun doing those roles. You know? Um, Right. It's not... You know, she may not be as interested in the, the Oscar Beatty material, and she's just enjoying what she's doing. I don't know. But, you know, her production company, though, like, we don't know how much creative control she individually will have. Of course, she's probably responsible for most of the hirings at the company, so there's that. But, you know... There's a lot of production companies out there that mm-hmm. are owned by people that don't actually end up in the studio during, you know, a film or something like that. So, But he, maybe she'll handle it the way um, Vin Diesel's production company handles Riddick, you know, and it's his production company and he's the lead. You know, that's very possible, too. So Totally.
2: You know. uh, so speaking of her and Birds of Prey, kind of a it was such a small teaser. It's not a real trailer at all. Came out uh, ahead of it this past weekend. And it was even
1: less than the thing that they showed before, which yeah. was already not much.
2: Yeah,
3: but this was officially on the big screen. It was yeah, officially
1: on the big screen, and it and it was um you know you got to see Harley Quinn actually acting like the character, even though it wasn't a part of the movie. It was her intro to the sizzle reel or whatever. You mm-hmm. got to see her in character for it. So if that's your thing, then you might have enjoyed it. But
2: um, I'm still waiting on more from it i it's really want to see a real trailer more.
1: yeah black canary is one of my favorite characters. i just want to see black canary like do something yeah. and all you get to see is like a flash of her kicking or a something. flash of huntress it. and a flash yeah.
2: of uh ewan mcgregor's black mask and that's really not it. even wearing the mask yeah so. not wearing they're, the mask. they're
3: obviously waiting for joker
1: it seems likely right. that's like that's yeah. what they're waiting for, for, because
3: yeah. the movie is not that far off Birds of Prey, so they, they have to have something ready, you know, more or less. And why not put it with well, an Oscar Beatty a movie? Well,
1: they
2: wrapped a while <laughs> ago, so post-production's mm-hmm. been going for a while. Well, not
3: just an Oscar Beatty movie, but one in-universe by your own production company. It's with, not in-universe. It's, it's still a DC universe, worlds of DC film. I mean,
2: it's like, more connected than it, so... <laughs> like, yeah. that's all. Like... I get what you're saying. The
3: demographic crossover is probably larger for Joker sure. than it is for it, which is still, I mean, I'm not saying it would be small for it, but, um, even more so.
1: Speaking yeah. of it, I don't know if you have the box office numbers, but it blew up this it weekend. Did. It, it didn't do as well as the first one, but it's one of the biggest horror releases ever. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it
3: did well. Um, so obviously it, it won the box office. It brought home $91 million. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of competition though. Like the, I don't even know what this other movie is that released. it's called Chichor- Chichori. It made $600,000. Good for it. Came in 19th. I don't know what it is, um, but it beat out angel has fallen, which took second place, which has been out for three weeks. Like that was its biggest competition. Um, so Gerard
2: Butler still acting guys. Did you know in. that? Uh,
3: so Crazy. it brought in 190 and a half million worldwide. So it's actually almost a 50, 50 split, which is impressive. Yeah. Like that's good to see. Um, and, and yeah, who
2: knows, we may see it this weekend or Yeah, something. I mean, that's, yeah.
3: that's definitely possible. But I mean, comparatively, though, I mean, the first chapter made 123.4 million opening weekend in fewer theaters. So the drive or the interest was lower for whatever reason. I don't really have an explanation for you now, but...
2: Mostly positive reviews with the only drawback I'm hearing from everyone, big critics and friends and everything that it was just way too long that you could have cut up to almost an hour of content which is kind of crazy considering it's close to three hours
3: and that's a good point and maybe that's part of it the runtime for the original was two hours and 15 minutes uh versus it chapter two's runtime comes in at two hours and 49 minutes that's incredible means that even though it's in more theaters it it can't be shown as many times per day so it could increase that or i mean decrease its ticket sales and people may not want to not as many people may want to sit through a three-hour movie right people did it for endgame but it was also you know a decade in the making Right. right so um the push to go in the theater to see that was was larger
1: um, yeah I'll be curious to hear what you guys think of it when you see it if you yeah, agree definitely. with me or if, uh, if you don't
2: we usually do I mean at this point we've seen so many movies together that we're Perfect. very rarely like dissonance um, Disney has scrapped Josh Gad's Muppets project which was going to be wah. on Disney Plus so <laughs> it's the first thing canceled from Disney Plus
3: I'm really disappointed because, so Disney, or not Disney, excuse me, uh, Muppets Live, the unscripted Muppet show, is still in going forward in production. Yes. But I was really looking forward to this one because this is actually, was supposed to be a sequel uh, to Muppets Take Manhattan, like follow up.
2: Oh, that stinks. Where they That's left my favorite there. Muppets movie. And
3: it was going to be scripted, which... Personally, I am more confident <laughs> in something like that being good over time, uh, and I like Josh Gad. And so I'm sure the, the the articles I read said creative differences between them and the people running the Henson Company. So that's not a good sign either. No. Um, so I don't know. I I would love to, we're, ne- we're never gonna know, but I would love to know what those disagreements well, it's, were. It's
1: important to note that the people in charge of the Muppet of the of the Muppet. Stuff also made that terrible, terrible puppet movie with uh, you puppets oh, jizzing all over the place. Right. Yeah. So the they happy, don't what is that called? Like... happy fun time murders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know. So it's important to keep in mind that as much as I want to hate Disney, it's not always their fault, and this one could have easily been something that none of us would have wanted anyway well
3: i'm not blaming disney if, if the jim henson company and the creators of the show couldn't agree on something disney may have just said okay well then we're just going to put this on hold and come back with something else so right? i'm
2: just gonna flat out say that like i don't think disney has ever known what to do with the muppets because aside from merchandising and the um 2010 movie with jason siegel that was a good one I think that most of their properties have been pretty poorly received, pretty badly adapted Muppet. Like talk to some like young millennials, Gen Zers or whatever, and they just adore Muppet Treasure Planet. And I'm like, but did you see the ones before it? Like, or Muppet Treasure Island. I'm like that, (laughs) that one just blows compared to some of the others. And
3: well, the, the new Muppet baby show is supposedly very good. That's fair. Um we don't
2: none of us have small children so no, we don't really watch it. But
3: it's supposed to be really quite good. Um I've seen some reports of it being better than the original and stuff like that. But how long has Disney owned the Henson company? It's been a Since long time. Since Muppet right? Christmas Carol. Yeah. So I mean I don't know that they've never known what to do with the franchise. I think that just,
2: I think they go through slumps yeah. cuz honestly I think Muppets from Space and Muppets Wizard of Oz and Muppets Most Wanted and the Muppet Office TV show. It was just... It, the more recent one, you mean? Yeah. The, they all just kind of miss the mark. They're all just like short of the Muppet greatness. Now, I will give it to them. Muppet Christmas Carol and the Muppet movie that Jason Siegel did were fantastic. But it's... It's only like a hint of what Henson did with it. It's um.
3: They should probably just reboot the actual Muppet Show in that similar format. That's just what with I want. Bits. The
2: variety you know? show when they did that in the nineties, it was so good.
3: Yeah, I mean, so I, good. I think that has the best chance of succeeding. I think the problem with the the show they did a few years ago that was kind of like the documentary style show. Um, the problem with that was they wanted to make the Muppets for adults but for the kids that grew up with the Muppets so us and it was just cynical and dark and they were trying to be edgy and it was depressing and there was nothing it wasn't joyful and the Muppets have always kind of been something positive and joyful even though you know there's been some negative stuff so
2: yeah absolutely so I I just want the Muppets to figure, or Disney, or Henson, or someone to figure out what to do with it because it just bothers me a lot. Um, let's see here. This weekend was Salt Lake City's Fan X, or it used to be Salt Lake City Comic Con, and Disney shut down a Star Wars panel with Ian McDermott and uh, Hayden Christensen.
1: I saw an article come up about it, but I didn't read it. Did did you have any more information on that?
2: Uh, They did it before the two of them even started the panel. Uh, It was done about, I want to say, like 20, 30 minutes before the panel was supposed to start. So people were outside waiting. Uh, The two of them have been appearing at cons a lot. So a lot of people are suspecting um, Rise of Skywalker
1: spoilers yeah yeah and
2: i think that's it
1: i did see something about that
2: honestly i would be more upset that every single fan would get up there and troll and just say the sand line over and over again like
1: well i mean i'm sure he gets that at cons. i'm sure he gets that from a lot of people Uh, i know that that he has had problems like mental problems doing cons for a while and so has uh the young Anakin oh
2: yeah Jake Lloyd
1: Jake Lloyd so uh you know I I thought it was more related to that maybe that they were just like burned out and couldn't do it or something but who knows it seems more likely that it that they were worried about spoilers
2: yeah
3: uh I guess we could talk about Apple's news today real quick
2: (laughs) Apple is doing Apple TV, finally. They have come up with their own streaming service.
3: Well, so it's called Apple TV Plus. Sure. Well, I don't want to confuse people because Apple TV is already a thing. Right.
2: You can watch TV so. on your device. Yeah. It's just like Apple Podcasts and Apple Music. And yeah. Like, but they have two shows that are debuting, C and Dickinson. Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so so the short of it is um, it's um, – it's a pretty limited thing at this at this point in time. It definitely doesn't have the massive lineup that Disney Plus has, or you know Netflix or Hulu have, or anything like that. It's definitely more in line with say a CBS All Access, right? Right. Um, but it's uh, it's four ninety nine a month. It launches November first, which I'm sure is not an accident, since Disney Plus comes out on November twelfth. Um, I'm sure that's very much on purpose. If you purchase a new uh, I, I ios device or a mac os device you will get a year of it for free if you already have one of those too bad um and like everything apple it's only going to run on ios and mac os devices so if you don't have one of those you can't watch the stuff anyway which makes this service like pretty like not interesting to me now there are some reports that says that the Apple TV app will become available um, this year on other devices, including uh, Roku and Amazon Fire TV, um, including other smart televisions. So I guess we'll have to wait and see if that's true. I would be very surprised. You
1: could always just torrent it because no, that's clearly not, what Apple wants you to do. You know,
3: we, we do not endorse torrenting. We do
1: not endorse that, but I want it to be noted that Apple is forcing people to do that by making it so you can only access this on iOS devices.
3: I mean, it's, you guys heard my complaints for the DC universe when it first launched that it was like almost impossible to, to actually watch it. Cause the app wasn't available on anything, right? This is the same kind of concept. You know, I've got an Xbox, a PS4, an app, uh, an Amazon we Fire know. TV.
2: You're loaded. Like, yeah, he no, tries no, no. to show off
1: every time. <laughs> I just mean Weird that, flex, like, bro.
3: No, what I mean is it's not like I've got a, Ro- a, a Roku stick from six years ago, and that's all I'm streaming on. Like, I have a lot of devices to stream on, and if your thing isn't on that, then I guess I'm just not going to watch it, no matter what it is. And I like Jason Momoa, so that's a little disappointing.
2: Yeah, the Emily Dickinson show actually looks really good, and I'd be interested in watching it. But, you know fuck me running. I'm not going to get to and I'm not going to go out and pay for it at this point. You're not going to go buy an iPad? No. God, no. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Last bit of news and then we'll move on to martial arts movies. Uh, Sony has officially stated that Spider-Man is out of the MCU for the time being. They do promise new Spider-Man movies. They promise team-ups with the people that
4: Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit.
2: Probably looking at uh, Spider-Man, Tom Holland version, I guess, in into the Spider-Verse kind of universe. And then a team up with Tom Hardy, which would be fantastic because watching the two of them interact, I just I can't imagine. Like if Tom Hardy is still his sweaty, gross self (laughs) and... Venom 2 and then you have precious baby Tom Holland like it, it's like an anime I would love it
3: I saw somebody uh post this online that they that Sony should call their their new uh Spider-Man movie the third one that call it Spider-Man Coming Home and I thought that would be hilarious actually oh. I, I fully endorse that decision
2: Oh,
1: boy. Or Spider-Man
3: comes home, I think is what it, it seems is like a good say. way
1: to never work with Disney again. <laughs> <laughs> really? Spider-Man.
3: Though, huh? have Spider-Man. So that's a good way to like maybe piss off some people at Disney. But Disney's never going to say, fine, we're never going to touch Spider-Man again. That sentence is never going to be written anywhere.
1: I don't know. People get really weird with, with their business and being vindictive. So
3: of course they do but it's Spider-Man, like literally so Marvel's they don't need number Spider-Man. one property. So
1: but They still make money on all the toys, so ultimately they would just get money for whatever Sony does. That's
3: true. So maybe they wouldn't be so mad. <laughs> That's true. They yeah. could use
1: it, the money to stuff in their pillows so they sleep better. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I feel so bad for them. Yes, it must be difficult. <laughs> Hopefully it's all in bills, otherwise it's going to get really uh, uncomfortable sleeping on coins, gold coins.
3: And loud. Yeah, every time true. you kind of adjust your head. You know? What if it
1: makes a Mario noise every time you hit a co- every time you hit one of the coins? <laughs> so it'd be, it'd be a long night.
3: How many Disney executives do you think have the uh, the swimming pool of gold coins? I
1: mean, I would say everyone on the board of directors. Right? Yeah. How
2: many of them do you think own <laughs> islands that already had
1: people on them? <laughs> oh. right. People for hunting. <laughs> they like to drug them a little bit so that they can't get away as fast.
2: Uh. We just wear something brightly colored yeah, exactly. and i think that dude wants to haunt me
1: parks and rec reference <laughs> anyway disney kidding. is
2: a mess and we're gonna make fun of them because we're so addicted they make so much of our favorite content and we can't help but give them more of our money but at the same time we know they're evil
1: yes
3: well it just means like look, look yeah i'm gonna watch the mandalorian and Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But I'm also not going to feel bad that Sony's keeping their character. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm not going to feel bad about
1: that. Nope. So It's amazing how fast the internet came back from blaming Sony to blaming Disney. <laughs> like There was a complete reversal within 24 hours.
3: Yeah, that happened quicker than I anticipated.
1: The Stan Lee's daughter news coming out was really like Sony was... I mean, I don't think they set that up, but that could have did, happened man. at a better time.
3: Yeah, somebody was really happy when that news broke. Oh, yeah. And um, somebody
1: was really unhappy when that news broke, too. <laughs> <laughs> they were using the money to dry away their tears yeah. over at Disney. Just the $1 bills. Right, yeah. So, uh, what else no do you bills. use those for? Vending machines. That's true. Vending machines. Not
2: right? you. I know what you Not use.
3: Everybody and... uses them for vending machines. Look, <laughs> you can be a billionaire, but if you want a Snickers bar out of a vending machine, you can a the No, the vending, vending machines at Disney bill.
1: use the tears of their employees that That's are true. underpaid. Oh, man.
3: Yeah. The Disney animators. <laughs> this is taking a turn. I just want to make some Spider-Man. The checks. people that
2: work at the parks get like $6 an hour. And they are all from the Ukraine. And That's I feel right. so bad for them. All right. What Their tears that? power the ride. <laughs> OK, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back for more martial arts stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's a spellhound. You say Spellhound. Hello, everyone. This is Ray from the Heroes Podcast Network. Currently, you've probably heard me on a show called Screen Heroes, where we discuss movies and uh, TV shows about superhero sci-fi, and a little bit of fantasy. Well, I love fantasy so much, I am starting a brand new podcast about fantasy television series. We are going to review These series in a bit more detail than what Screen Heroes usually does. We'll discuss multiple episodes for a whole continuous arc and then move on to another series. Spellbound will review shows, new shows like The Witcher, Good Omens, Carnival Row, and Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. We're also going to look back at previous shows such as American Gods and Avatar The Last Airbender. Old miniseries from the 90s like Leprechauns and the Tenth Kingdom, and we're going to do a movie here and there. Maybe even a little bit of fantasy upcoming news. Who knows? You'll be able to follow Spellbound at SpellboundCast on Twitter for the latest fantasy news about the show, about the upcoming shows that we'll be discussing. You can also listen to us Fridays coming in September. Hey everyone, welcome back. We are now going to talk about, uh, you know, martial arts movies, all those wonderful films. Ryan, what do you look for in a good martial arts movie?
1: There's a lot of things. I mean, you can have like a bad movie that's really good martial arts movie. Okay. I feel like a lot of them are that way. Okay. Um. I think the important part of any martial arts movie is obviously uh, the martial arts and the choreography. Good, Um, You know. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) But you can have movies like, I don't know, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That's an Oscar contender, but then also debatably good martial arts choreography in it.
2: Well, yeah. That was one of the movies that we particularly watched. And I will say when... The trailer came out. I remember I was very young, and the trailer came out. And it, the American trailer was only the wire work and like the fighting. And when you watch the movie, it's like a two hour movie. And the martial arts is not the forefront. Yeah. I would even argue that it's not a martial arts film, it's a drama with martial arts in kind of like the background. Your, uh, yeah. yeah. Well,
3: let's get technical <laughs> up in here
2: that's your that's your thing that's what it you is, do it
3: is so I'm not going to read this entire definition from We're encyclopediacom very it's happy way with too that. long but I, I just want to grab a couple of things here so there's the obvious um, and this is actually how it starts in common parlance martial arts refers to Asian martial arts judo karate kung fu Taekwondo but Down here, it says, thus, the martial arts genre is is derived from Asian films that focus on these skills, exploits, and philosophies revolving around these particular fighting styles when employed by various recurring figures. And so it's the philosophy aspect of it that I think is really important. Like, yes, there are martial arts films like The Raid that are really just a bunch of fight sequences, but you also have more philosophical, more cerebral films like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon that focus on... The cultural aspects, the philosophical aspects, the meaning behind the martial arts and when when to use it versus when not to use it. and I think that's just as important.
1: Sure and I, and I mean I, I appreciate both of those types of movies. If I was to make a list of my top ten martial arts movies, a lot of them would be non-cerebral, just purely action movies, sure, um, because I think there's a, there there's a, it has its, its own art. Mm-hmm. Doing something like that, even though it's maybe not taken as seriously by, like, the Academy Awards and, uh, you know, awards companies. They don't even well, have stunt ones yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's very obvious uh, that
2: stunts need to be part of the Academy Awards. Oh, yeah,
3: absolutely.
1: So, you know, yeah, I, there there's two different... There's definitely, like, subgenres in martial arts movies. And, well, and certainly, just like
2: any genre has subgenres. Exactly. I mean, we watched a martial arts... Children's film. We watched a. I don't know. It's a children's film. I certainly okay? think
3: that the trilogy that follows it is children's film stuff. But.
2: Whatever. Anyway, we watched <laughs> comedy. We watched drama, and uh, we watched. Oh, what I else mean, romance.
3: There. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon could arguably be a romance.
2: Yeah, there are two simultaneous romances playing out, though. So.
3: I mean, basically, the whole movie happens because of romance. The sword is just the MacGuffin.
1: I'll say that uh, one of my biggest pet peeves in martial arts movies, and unfortunately, it's pretty common anymore, is wire work. I, I, when I, when I started watching martial arts movies when I was a kid, I I loved seeing what the human body was capable of when put to use by somebody that had such control. They could do these amazing things, and when you start adding wire work into it, even with the same actors, I feel like that lessens the entire fight scene that it's in. And Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was one of the first ones where it just annoyed me. And well, I, I think it's a great movie, and that part doesn't bother as many people as it bothers as as much as it bothers me. But um, that is not one of my favorite martial arts movies because of that.
2: I can completely see that, and like it got to be the point or is a little bothersome to watch because the rooftop and the tree scenes felt elongated for no reason. It was, and It wasn't elongated because the story or the film called for it. It was because the wires took a long time to get from point A to point B. And I felt like all those scenes could have been better choreographed if the wires weren't as involved. They could have still achieved some of that stuff without all of it crutch right it felt like like that like well
1: they make it easier to get the scene in two takes rather than do it 20 times like in an old jackie chan movie they get to use one take out of 30 takes because he can't do it every time because it's such an impossible thing to do
3: i think there are movies that do it for that reason i don't think crouching tiger is one of those i think ang lee was specifically doing it for the artistic style not saying that it worked or didn't work i'm just saying i don't think it was used as a crutch. I think it was used as a creative decision. Sure, um, Ang Lee really isn't in, yes. in that movie. Yeah, yeah. It, he's like, an artsy fartsy
2: kind of director.
3: Like I like ninety percent of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and I like the wire work in that ninety percent. I don't like it at the end when they are fighting in the trees,
1: the, like bamboo trees or whatever they are. Yeah, because
3: it. And maybe it's because, you know, this film was shot in 1999 and it was one of the first to really use wires like this in this way um, that it just it doesn't doesn't age very well. It looks awkward when they're doing it. It looks fake when they're doing it versus earlier on when they're doing like they're running up the walls and they're going across the roof. It looks more like a dance mm-hmm. than it looks fake. Right. It looks more like they're doing a ballet or something like that. Um and I think then it works, and maybe it's because it's dark; it's it it's it hides its age better. Maybe I don't know. I didn't watch it in 4K or anything, um, but you know, I mean, Hero has some of that too, but they balance it because it's not only that type of martial
1: arts. right? And even movies that uh, that you guys watch, like Ip Man, do use there's clear wire work in some mm. scenes in that movie, and it bothered me in there too. Um, <laughs> so. I mean, yeah, it wasn't done for an artistic reason in, in *It Man. It no. was done for an artistic reason in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, yeah. for sure. The worst offender is when they, like, jump, and then there's no weight to that jump. Like, you can tell, you know, when, it, when, like, a baby's in one of those chairs, and they bounce up and down in it. It has, like, the bungee cords. That's what it looks like to me. Like, there's, this doesn't look like a real jump, because there's no weight when they land, like... The Matrix sequels, I think, they had that a few times where he would jump in the air and then it was like there was no weight to his character at all because of the wires and, and right. stuff like that. Yeah. It's the little subtleties that really like, well, hurt me.
3: Yeah. I th- I th- part of the Matrix problems were the CGI work wasn't really ready yet for yeah. it either. Um, so actually, it's an interesting question because I'm not sure how to answer it myself. Is, is what happens in the Matrix martial arts? Is that a martial arts film no. in any
2: way? He flat out says he knows kung fu. It, it's a
1: it, 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 <laughs> it, it's just a joke, because a film it's has a fight joke. scenes doesn't mean it's a martial arts movie. Even though. I
2: think it leads more with, with sci fi. I think that's the well, prominent sure. genre for it. And you could do um, martial arts and. Oh, I imagine a few other genres would be like underneath the sci-fi umbrella but i wouldn't call it a martial yeah, arts just because a
1: character uses martial yeah. arts and there's a lot of character you know daredevil uses martial arts that's not a martial arts show um i've like seen
2: that. it on
3: some lists and i thought it was odd
1: i'm sure people could classify it so. as that it's like saying ghostbusters is a horror movie you know it's i guess maybe it's if ghosts. you really stretch but yeah i mean i, I wouldn't classify it as that I do like that scene in The Matrix. They do a good job of showing um like hard versus soft styles and the animals are well portrayed even by actors that aren't necessarily familiar mm. with Kung Fu, but um anyway, yeah. that's not one of the movies we we're gonna Fair talk enough. about. No, so. no, no, no.
2: No.
3: Um but so just, I guess we're, we've been talking about cr- Crouching Tiger,
2: Hidden Dragon and, and Well, like yeah, because that. that made your pet peeve lift. So what's... Yeah, that's, yeah. that was one that,
1: that is the easiest demonstration that most people have seen of what sure. I'm specifically talking about. Yeah. yeah. So
2: what would uh, be... What's one of those that are just like really action-packed that you tell people they should watch?
1: I think I think the, you know, the first one that comes to mind is uh, one that I had you guys watch, um, The Legend of the Drunken Master. Um, which was the American version uh, well, of the sequel to the original Drunken Master from the 70s. Um, but it was that was kind of the movie that brought Jackie Chan into the forefront for American culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and that movie, there's no wire work, really. Like, that man is
2: insane. He actually laid on those coals. Like, what his was old he doing? stuff
1: is all like that. The, yeah. the amount of stuff he did that should have killed him is insane. I read his autobiography back when I was in... Uh, I don't know, high school or junior high, whenever it came okay. out. And he talks about like times he almost died. There is one scene that he fell off like a 20-foot building and cracked his head on a on a I rock. That, yeah. And there... now he has a plate in his skull <laughs> from it.
2: There's a movie, I don't remember what it was, but he sl- he's supposed to slide down a thing of lit up rides. Yeah, Are that was
3: sh- that was in rush hour.
2: Yeah, it was.
3: Because he was still trying to do all of his own stunts at that point. That was before
1: he'd given up on that. Well, so he
2: he slides down the lights, and they were supposed to use prop lights, but they used real ones to make them pop. And he was electrocuted and he broke both feet.
3: Yeah, and the scene looks great in the movie.
2: The (laughs) man's insane.
3: uh, Yeah, I mean, that's so funny story. I didn't know that the legend of the drunken master was not actually that. And it's drunken master Two. I didn't know that. So it's called the
1: legend of the drunken master in America, in America. Yeah. But you weren't wrong.
3: No, but like, I I was not aware that it was handled like army of darkness. And there was actually a movie before it that just wasn't released here originally. So I'm watching it. I'm like, man, I feel like I'm missing some information that I should know about this guy. And I, I thought maybe it was lost in the translation for the subtitles or something like that. So it felt, and it might have been because well, you haven't maybe. watched the first one to know
1: whether true. it fills in the, the gaps I have but it's been a long time so no I don't couldn't tell you whether it fills in the he gaps kind
3: of rushed the explanation of who he is and his fighting style right yeah. which is I mean the fighting style is obvious as you watch the movie right it's about drunk drunken boxing um, which is a really cool fighting style that I've always really liked um, and Jackie Chan's just unreal in it it's pretty crazy. Midnight
1: Pearl in chat said that that Rachel wasn't talking about the scene in Rush Hour, which is possibly true. I know in Super Cop he did something similar, and uh, well, there's another
3: movie he did call. I think it was just called Cops. Um, I can't remember the details. On he's that done
1: so around. many movies where he did his own stunts. It's hard to say, but. Um, yeah, Rachel was probably probably not meeting the one in Rush Hour because I don't remember hearing the stories about... And American cinema is very different. They probably wouldn't let him do something like that. Uh, probably
2: not. I don't know.
1: Um, but yeah, Drunken Ma- Legend of the Drunken Master is definitely one that uh, I wanted you guys to watch because you get a good balance of like comedy, um, good characterization, and also really impressive martial arts.
2: Absolutely. The, every single different fight was different. And I know that sounds stupid, but that was my issue with Crouching Tiger as I was watching. I felt like a lot of the choreography was repeated, so subsequent fights were not as interesting because they just lost or they repeated some stuff. And here, he makes sure that each fight is different. Each fight has a purpose. They're not just fighting because it's a martial arts film and like, yeah, let's get to the fighting. Like, It's all brought on by something, story provoked and that's something
1: we've talked about before is the difference between a good fight well one big difference between a good fight scene and a bad fight scene is that a good fight scene will have some bearing on the story and progress it and tell something about the characters or something during the fight scene whereas a bad one will just be there for the sake of existing um but like even in that movie you start off i think the very first fight is underneath a train car with a guy with a spear which you're, you're putting a spear in a super enclosed space Um, And managing to make a fight scene that interesting, and it was—it's an incredible fight scene.
2: At the time, you don't really know who that character is. You just kind of think he's a vagrant, and um, of course, Jackie Chan's character is this sarcastic, reckless, almost kid-like. You can tell he was like in his late twenties, early thirties, but he acts like a kid. Yeah. What in 1994?
1: Yeah, he was. He was. He was older, like, as an actor.
3: Yeah, because, I mean, the first one, the, f- the first Drunken Master was, like, 1978. I yeah, think. that's what I said. I like, thought you were talking about the sequel that we watched. Yeah,
2: I was like, the character is supposed to be childish and, like, a kid. Like, he calls but him the son and older. everything, but he's... Oh, yeah, that's okay. what I said. Sorry. And...
1: He gets it from his mom, if you see oh, the Oh, yeah, <laughs> I love
2: that. And... It's it's so well done. It goes across a field. It goes from like this little barn or shed area to underneath the train car to on top of the train to inside the train. Like it was really impressive just how they used all the space and made it different from all the subsequent fights. That yeah, see,
1: Uh, you know, I think a second fight is when he gets challenged by the guy at um, the fish market. At the fish market, and uh, yeah. So, I mean, every fight was different and was interesting and was used to progress the story. Um, If you guys take anything away from these movies, I hope that that you'll have just a better understanding of what a good fight scene looks like now.
4: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky
2: just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps>
4: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.
0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: I think my favorite one in uh, Legend of the Drunken Master is actually the one that's uh, the guys who steal his stepmom's purse. Yeah. Oh, that's a great scene. And she gives him the alcohol. She's like like, chucking in the bottles. Yeah. Yeah. He's like drinking it during the fight. And the way it's choreographed, again, it's kind of like a dance, right? But much more realistic. So
2: I I did notice that there is a different dubbing. In the version we watched, he said he drank the entire bottle and he slams it down and he says, What is that? And she said, what does it mean when it says X-O? Like like Hennessy X-O. And in clip shows that I've seen where people reference this, like re- movies that talk about great movies, um, it, it says, what does it mean when it has all skull and, and crossbones? Bones. Yeah, yeah. so we saw a different dubbing. And there's
1: definitely a different meaning between uh-huh. the two of those. But one of the parts, I think it was in that fight where it would have been wire work in a movie today. Mm-hmm. I think it was in that fight is when he's like drinking and he's in the chair and somebody kicks the chair out from under and him he's still and he's there. still in the same position, stuff like that. Like that is classic Jackie Chan and yeah. martial arts cinema. That kind of stuff would be done with wires. If they even had the creativity to do that in a movie nowadays.
3: Oh yeah. I mean movies are just shot differently now. Like most of it's green screen work anyway. And they'll just add stuff in and post to you know make it look like the way they want. It's just back. And, you know this movie, the original or the Legend of the Drunken Master was 1994, mm-hmm. right? Technology was fairly limited. The budget was pretty low. On all the Jackie Chan one. movies back then, they um, were low. Yeah, and so you know this is what I, I think the budget was 10 million. I think for the entire film, um, which I mean, 94 obviously was is a lot more than today. But um, the fact that Jackie Chan always tried to do it all himself, have it be real, and no matter how, I mean, it would take a lot of tries sometimes right like the, the nice thing about this one is at the end of the movie they showed some outtakes they do that with um, almost
1: all the old jackie chan movies and do. it's always great uh, not always great because someone oh. was when he gets really hurt yeah. but um it is interesting to see how much they screwed up and that's i'm sure just a fraction and of i
3: appreciate it. that he doesn't mind the world seeing that that i mean maybe it makes it more real because you can see him trying to do it and how hard that is but he also doesn't he doesn't shy away from showing you that even he has to sometimes try a bunch to get something down you know
1: right but he tells a story about uh when he was just doing stunt work and i can't remember what bruce lee movie he was in but bruce it might have been enter the dragon uh he was like an extra stunt man in that movie and he, bruce lee whacked him in the face with a like an escrima stick or a kali stick like a short stick uh and like smashed his nose and after the scene was over, like Bruce Lee came over to him and was like, I'm so sorry, are you okay? And, and he tells a story. It's really great. That's Dude. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: I got my nose broken by, by Bruce Lee. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, supposedly he got took just a big shot to the face from it. And so it was, that sounded really dirty. But yeah, it was. Uh, it's, it
2: is kind of amazing how he's been able to hold up. Like, he's part cyborg now. <laughs> yeah. He he's has probably,
1: probably more screws in him than a lot of cars do at this point. I mean,
3: he is the super cop.
1: He is. Wow. But he didn't seem like a real super cop in that movie yeah. if you ever seen it.
2: So if I wanted to continue watching Jackie Chan movies, where should I go? Cuz I want to like I, it depends I was a children like, of the 90s. I saw a, like Shanghai Nights, and I saw Rush Hour like And those were
1: kind of later movies yeah. for him. Uh we it kind watch of depends. Supercop. If you, It depends if you like more like The Legend of the Drunken Master or I did, if you like, yeah. more like Rush Hour. Because no,
2: I would want to see more of the legend kind of stuff. There was a
1: movie called Who Am I that was kind of right in between when he got really popular in America and kind of uh, his roots. Um, that was really good. Uh, Supercop is one of the classics for him.
3: I think it was Fist of Fury that he got hurt in. It might have been, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize he was an extra in that. Yeah.
1: It was one I don't remember didn't remember which movie it was but yeah I think it was the uh, people always ask him if he met Bruce Lee and so that's the story he always tells
2: That's a funny story. But yeah, Jackie
1: Chan was great. Classic. One of the classics. Um, I don't hope he's around for a long time, but I somehow doubt (laughs) based on the amount of abuse he's taken. Well, yeah,
2: you live a life that hard. It's possible you're going to die a little bit younger than maybe you should. However, rich people live longer. They have more more money to invest in their health. So it it could go either way. We don't know.
1: Jackie Chan was probably, between him and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the ones that got me into real, like really into martial arts. And I started taking martial arts around the time he started getting popular in America. So
2: that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um. So you guys, we already mentioned Ip Man, and I know Derek we really did, wanted to yeah. talk about that. Uh, Donnie Yen. I don't. You guys were familiar with him, but I don't know yes. if you'd ever seen much of his like lead roles in movies.
2: Um. Probably not, because he's usually a side yeah. character in a lot of stuff. And he he's a crossover actor. He's of course Chinese and po- very popular in chinese films but uh he's been doing work in america for years so mm-hmm. i had seen him Not a lot in of many roles, stuff. but right but yeah like he was just in rogue one and his and kid great. his kid convinced him to do it he wasn't going to do a star wars film and his kid was like no you totally should
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and he was great we all really appreciated him in that movie he should have been was a Jedi. one of the standouts of that movie um but I think it man is a good way to be kind of introduced to his him in a starring capacity. It was a very good role for him. Mm-hmm. I don't think he had necessarily has as much range as a lot of other actors, but I think that the role that he was given as it man was was very good for him because it's supposed to be a very stoic um individual uh, and he I think that worked out. It's kind of like when Arnold Schwarzenegger took uh the Terminator and he had to play a robot, you know right. what I mean? It it wasn't like a big stretch for him and I think donnie Yen based on the interviews and stuff I've seen was this is very similar to his real life personality. So it was definitely a great role for him. I know you really appreciated that movie, Derek. That movie's awesome. Um
2: it was incredibly well done. It was almost like Schindler's List with some fight scenes in it. Like It was heartbreaking and a huge connection on a just human soul level.
3: So I've I heard a couple of people make that comparison, and I, I think it's different because he's one of the persecuted people.
2: What do you mean a couple people? I... I was just comparing, like, war film to war film. like
3: I've, I've heard some people make that direct comparison between those two films. Well, that's the first
2: time I've ever said it, so it wasn't
3: me. I, I know. That's why I said I've heard a couple of people. <laughs> All right, <laughs> move on. <laughs> I was trying to. <laughs> um, anyway, I, and I, I think it's, it's really interesting because – so they're both based on real people, right? But what's really interesting here is that, you know, it, Master Ip – is one of the people who are being persecuted whereas schindler is in a position of of privilege and he has the ability to help the group of persecuted people i was and just
2: mainly making this not because it's like world war ii time not because it's it, never mind Go the fuck on. You look very displaced. So it's all, it's all good. No. Let's it's move fine. on
3: from that that conversation. Go ahead. So um, no, I, I thought the movie was fantastic. It's probably the best overall martial arts film I've ever seen. I'm not saying that it necessarily has like the great the best fight scene or anything like that, but overall across the board from the the story, the characters, the the, the choreography, just all of it packaged together made a martial arts film that i was more engaged in and cared more about than any other martial arts film i can think of um which i mean you know like you like we've said there are some martial arts films that are really just about the fighting and that's fine right like there's some great fight scenes in some of those movies um you know and and movies like rush hour and shanghai uh what was the first shanghai noon
1: shanghai nights which one was the first shanghai noon i don't know one of those
3: Whatever the first one was, the second one wasn't good. Yeah. Um, you know, we're fun, but those are not you know cinematic masterpieces or anything. This is just really outstanding, and um, I was really disappointed to hear from people that this is the follow-up films, because there are several, uh, are not very good, because I would like to see more of Donnie Yen in this role and see his character continue and, and what happens later in his life. I just found it very compelling.
1: Uh, I think that you could watch the second one you'd probably enjoy it as long as you realize that it's not going to be the same. It's not the same as the first one. Because of the success of the first one, they kind of... So Master Ip in real life was the founder of Wing Chun and a, um, a trainer of Bruce Lee, one of the people that taught Bruce Lee. Um, and the most interesting part of his life is what they showed in... In the movie, yeah. so when they wanted a sequel because that did so well, they started having to go a little crazy with the things that they wanted to do, and they had to, of course, go. Oh well, he trained Bruce Lee. Maybe we should get into that. And so there's a lot of. It's not as good as the first one. It's still enjoyable, and there's still I think the second one still has some good fight scenes in it. But they start to do more wire work and things like that, less realism. And then the third one, I'm pretty sure, is where Mike Tyson comes in, and it's just yeah, starts I saw to go off the rails. The list it's very much like uh, Die Hard. Like where he gets more and more outrageous every time. And so that's disappointing. But take it on its own. Some of the things that I really like about that movie and uh, are really good introductions to kind of the martial arts genre. And I'm not going to imply that you guys haven't seen these things before in other martial arts movies. But if this was the first time you've seen them, um, you get to see... That time period, uh, which is very popular for those movies, Jet Li's Fearless is another one of my favorites that takes place in the same time period. Um, You get to see basically Americans as the uh, antagonists in all these movies, uh, or like uh, uh, Easterners, like it could be European, uh, anybody like that kind of coming in and being the bad guys. Um, You get to see the kind of trope now of where the good guy is in like a kung fu gi and the uh, the person that's the bad guy is wearing like a taekwondo or karate gi, which they're very different. Yeah. Um, well, because this one's very much like Chinese versus Japanese. It is, yeah. Right? But then you get to see like some Americans, and you know, they're always on the bad side, and uh, they aren't the fighters or anything like that, but they're always of kind not. of like the bad people above the you know, fighters, whatever. Um, yeah, you get to see uh, you get to see like the fights on the stage, like, there's always like a stage in the middle of the town, yeah, that that's where people go to throw down. Um, I did think that
3: the uh, the the, the center, so to speak, that had all of the different schools kind of together. Mm-hmm. was a really neat It was thing. very cool. I had never really seen that before. And I mean, obviously, I don't know how real that is. But it was really neat, though, to see, like, there's all these different masters, and they specialize in different things, right? And you can learn from their schools. And I just thought that was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, and then you get to also progress with that by seeing a challenger come in who uh, takes on each different style and defeats them um and one of the things i like that they do a lot of times in movies like this is they have very opposing styles go against each other you get a very soft style like um, wing chun or kung fu versus a very hard style like karate or or taekwondo or you know something that's a lot less finesse and a lot more just straight up striking um and they get to do a lot of that they get a lot a lot of weapon work in that part which was really cool Mm -hmm. yep um Rachel, what did you think of that whole scene when they were uh, all the different schools were training in the uh, in the courtyard and they had the challengers come in?
2: Oh, I thought that the it I thought it was effective for the story because basically it proved that uh, the teachers weren't scam artists, but they definitely they're like a lot of people we know where people get good at something. And then decide they're going to start charging other people to pass on their goodness instead yeah. <laughs> of their greatness or their excellence. And, um, it's and very... a lot of
1: times they stick their heads in the sand and don't yeah. realize what's going on around them exactly. And not.
2: Exactly. You know. And there's nothing wrong with passing on goodness or getting paid for your knowledge. I have no issue with that. The teachers weren't in the wrong. It's just eventually you do get put in your place if you're only ever good, if you never get to greatness and um i think that was the only issue i had with the entire movie was that challenger character because you know at no point they introduce him twice as this minor antagonist to it man and they never give him like some sort of redemption to the other side or even wrap up his story his whole
1: character was just to show how good it man was exactly he
2: pops up At the beginning and he pops up later on at the factory and that factory scene was really impressive and getting everybody involved again was fun to see so I'm glad that he was brought in for those two times but other than those two scenes he was kind of pointless and you could have easily Substituted it for a Japanese character because you're clearly painting them as the bad guys. They could have been the bad guys throughout the whole thing. It didn't have to be this Chinese on Chinese, but I get it. I get it.
3: Yeah, it was almost like they were trying to come up with an excuse to show how sometimes, like, we're our own worst enemy. Like, you know, the Japanese are like the black and white bad guys in this movie, but. The other the other antagonist is more of like the well he's one of our own and he's still mistreating our own people kind of thing and I just don't think it landed.
1: Yeah, you know. Um, but, but the I, scene I like the we got with him, <laughs> too. we get the scene we get with him and when he challenges uh, Master Ip in his house uh, in the middle of a fight, the kid rolls around in the tricycle, which and they, <laughs> oh, they, they both respectfully <laughs> stop, which I thought was great. But then you also get the kind of trope of martial arts, a lot of martial arts movies where the Master uses uh, some innocuous object as a weapon and defeats the person with a real weapon, yeah, and so so embarrasses them uh, there's an old story uh about Master Musashi, I think it was his name um he used a Boken, which is a training wooden training sword um to to fight other Samurai that were. I'm probably massacring the story, but it's one I heard a long time ago that he would fight other samurai that would use a, a katana or a real sword and he would beat them with a wooden training sword, hitting them with the back of it and things like that to just embarrass them. And I think that from a lot of a lot of these movies take, uh, take those elements of history and try and incorporate them. And I thought like using the feather duster or whatever that was, uh, was great, and just whipping the guy across the face because you could feel that really sting and, you know.
2: Well, the best part about that is that later on when he's in the dojo and he demolishes 10 One of the... One of the best th-
1: fight scenes like, of any movie. He doesn't hold
2: back at all. He's not uh, trying to embarrass or teach a lesson or just get them to admit defeat. He would kill these people. like, yeah. And so I think... That was just really good characterization. At the beginning, he likes to spar. He he enjoys it. He's having fun with it. Much to the detriment of his wife and son, but he likes it. And he doesn't have any intentions of actually hurting anybody. And then you see him not hold back, and he can just take on almost that entire dojo he could. And we almost get to see him take on, like, 30, 40 men. And it it was just... I think that was a really great payoff because you start with the feather duster and then you end up with like rapid punches to the face. And that guy is just fucked.
1: Yeah. And you really feel the hits, too. That's one thing they did really well in that fight scene is every hit has some weight to it. And a lot of fight scenes missed that. Mm -hmm. There was one point in that fight scene. A lot of the people's criticism is when a martial arts master is fighting groups of people that they all go in one at a time. Uh well in that fight scene there's at one point four of them trying to hit him at once all in front of him and he is deflecting across all these guys which probably not that didn't happen in in real life I'm sure but it was a really well done scene because they kind of tackle that head on you know mm-hmm. a lot of the fight he is just fighting one on one but then they flip that and and have four people attack him at once and it works really well that whole scene is like I said one of the most one of my favorite and probably one of the best fight scenes It was incredible period. It was really well Definitely, met. like, one of the best Donnie Yen fight scenes.
3: The whole thread of, like, being asked to fight Japanese soldiers is... To get a
1: bag of rice.
2: Like, how I humiliating. F-
3: like, I f- yeah, like, I feel like we could have an entire conversation about just that concept, right? And uh, I can't remember the character's name, but the guy who, who's the translator, essentially, right? That, you know, if comes calls goes out and finds traitor, the people. And, yeah, like, yeah. you know, and, like, I mean... You know, there's there's a lot of parallels to different things that happen in history for that, that, you know, I, it's it's weird. It's it's on one hand, it's interesting to see that it happens in like every culture, but it's also really sad that it happens in every culture. Right.
2: Oh, yeah. Since the dawn of humanity, we've been around for 200,000 years. And if somebody has power, they will sit back, enjoy it and make people fight. You know, we've seen this in other films. It's the whole premise of Gladiator and Spartacus, and you know, we saw just recently in Django Unchained where Candy has two of his slaves fight each other for his amusement. Like it's a sign of degradation and humiliation, and just using your power to humiliate like just
3: well that's i mean i absolutely agree with you i was more talking about the translator though oh right protecting himself by basically throwing all of his own people under the bus um you know oh you're totally right so that i'm blanking on right now um Um... you know but it's something that we've seen in a lot a lot of different (laughs) historical stuff so yeah
2: just taking that scene we could do an entire like piece on how many times we've seen this in cinema
3: because it's one of those things where it's almost like yeah you can hate that guy even more than like the general who's making everybody fight because the general is just the, the bad guy but the translator is one of your own who you used to consider a friend and maybe even you know family in some cases and here he is basically you know being a
0: With the lucky land sluts, You can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: you know yeah it's it's painful to watch yeah yeah
3: yeah he gets to kind of redeem himself you know at the end and everything like that and um yeah i don't, I don't want to you know go into like too many spoilers or stuff for people who haven't seen it but uh, we should probably talk about some other movies though
1: yeah we've only really covered two uh <laughs> two martial arts actors at this point what other movies did you guys watch prepare for this that you would like to talk about so
2: I made Derek watch my favorite martial arts movie. This movie is probably in my top 10 films of all time. I've seen this movie so many times. I saw it in theaters. Now and I'm curious what it is. I watch it about once a year, so I insisted that we watch this movie. And that's Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, okay. I adore that film. I think the fight choreography is impressive. Stephen Chow is a beast, and he directed a really funny and genuinely heartfelt kung fu movie and I when I purchased it on home video after it came out I was really upset that most of the critics were like enjoyable you know Looney Tunes meets kung fu and I was like you are so underselling it like that is not what this is at all this is yeah like yeah the comedy is a little outrageous at times and but he I thought it was fun cuz we you talked about how the use of wires and CGI in the this fights really um it it lessens it for you whereas here he just goes to the extreme and uh when you go to the extreme and it's used like this it i think it it enhance the story. So
3: it was like used for the absurdity of it. Right? You're right. Like kind of like the opposite to Crouching Tiger. Like it was a creative choice, but for the complete opposite reason. It was to right. make it seem it was ridiculous. supposed to be, yeah. You know? And I mean it's a it's really fun. Really there's only one aspect of the movie I didn't care for and that was the um the bad guys who can play the music and the music becomes that's weird weapons. Because that's
1: basically my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> See, I, well, maybe I, not my favorite. I part, liked of watching every
3: parts. like. I liked watching the martial arts choreography. I liked watching the fights. I thought that was really interesting. The characters were cool, and then these two weirdos show up out of nowhere and kill everybody while they're sitting down. And just like one guy's killed from like
2: the behind. Know? The yeah, coolie like, is killed from the behind. Who is also an it man? He played Lin. There you go. Um, I,
3: I, just, I really that turned me off. The rest of the movie I loved.
1: <laughs> so I talked about it when we talked about Scott Pilgrim. Uh, one of the th- one of the things I really like in movies is physical manifestations of sound and music. I um, love that, and I think that I, I understand what you're saying about it, but I thought that this film handled that really well, um, and it was more of like um, l- legends of you know martial arts. You could channel your chi into, yeah, uh, you know physical manifestations and i think that's kind of the direction they were playing off of this um using the music to kind of channel their uh their inner energy um and yeah it was kind of lame that it killed off all the characters but i did like the way it was handled i like it when people attack with music bards in d you know that whole that, that whole Concept, thing yeah. i think it's yeah, a contextual it very thing cool.
3: for me because like it Scott pilgrim is great but that whole movie is about music right and in D D's context i know that bards use music and limericks and things like that right but i guess maybe i wasn't ever aware of that kind of like mythology and martial arts being a thing so it just seemed like so disconnected for me it was my own ignorance maybe
2: it was a bummer that that character got killed off so fast he was taken by surprise when it could have easily like done the cat scene and it you watch the music play and all the shadows there are leaves that get cut a pot that gets cut and then a cat gets decapitated uh just in the shadows and then the coolies head is cut off and so it would have been cool to see him fight again because him the tailor and uh the noodle guy i think was his name a donut he uh it, like them all fighting together was really great, but Stephen yeah, Chow that was insanely like good.
1: Probably the best part of the movie. The one thing I appreciate about that movie is that it, the the martial arts was kind of Looney Tunes y but it was based in real stuff. One of the, one of the things in that movie was the guy that used the staff. He used an actual waxwood staff that flexes and things like that. And in a lot of these movies, they're using like a broomstick, which is not at all what a staff was when martial arts a martial artist started using a staff. It was Waxwood, and it did flex, and a lot of the movements are made to utilize that, Mm -hmm. and he actually did use a Waxwood staff, and I thought that was great. And the same with the guy with the metal rings on his arm. That's an actual uh, thing. I don't remember what it's called, but that's... that's, uh, Every single character
2: had a different kind of martial arts um that they were using or it's just a small specialty like i know most of it was kung fu based right. but uh, they all just had really fun specialties and i like that they again went to the absurd and created their own superpower like the lion's roar and um the the frog the scene the when the guys had. like
1: picking out the guys out of the crowd is I. That's one of my favorite <laughs> comedy scenes oh ever, like of any movie outside of martial arts or whatever. That's one of my favorite. I, I go watch that on YouTube like once every few months just because it's hilarious. You shrimpy, <laughs> come up here. Oh, that's cheating. Sit back down, you, know? you old man. And it's like this dude's totally reject. Like, so yeah, it was so good. Um,
2: Steven Chow is very underrated, and yeah, he's I a talented feel like martial artist.
1: Chow and soccer was is good. It, no. it's enjoyable, but it wasn't anywhere near. I think Kung it was Fu about Hustle three was or four years later,
2: or three or four years earlier. So he definitely matured and wrote a better for script sure. for Kung Fu Hustle. Shaolin Soccer is fine. It's it's fine. it's not as good as Kung Fu Hustle. It's not, yeah,
1: unfortunately.
3: So another kind of light-hearted film that that I, I just want to mention for people because this is one that I had completely missed until recently um and Donnie Yen is in it and Jackie Chan is in it and it's Forbidden Kingdom or The Forbidden Kingdom Jet
2: Li, Jet Li. Donnie Yen's not in
3: Yen. it it's, that's Jet Li yes yeah sorry it's okay as it I wrote it down it is Jet Li my bad
2: so that was a total um, American film totally American and film, yeah. like the Michael Ang
1: something we're not going to be let this no. be the only film we talk about with jet lee Li. like we're gonna have to do a part two no, of this because absolutely that's far from his best work Jet jelly is no. insanely
2: great and there's really only one bad movie he made and it's the one where he has to fight all the other but universes. That wasn't, that wasn't
1: his fault. That, that wasn't was his bad. fault. Everything he did in that it, movie was the good. The movie
2: was bad. He was he was I've fine in one. a bad oh. movie. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. this is just a cute kids movie, and I maintain it's a kids movie because that same guy did like Sky High maybe three months earlier. Or so
1: yeah, and they really pushed when this movie came out a lot of people that were fans of martial arts movie were really looking forward to it because they really leaned on Jet Li and Jackie Chan being in the same movie because these are two martial artists that at this point had crossed over into American cinema yeah. mm-hmm. and everybody pretty much knew who they were. Um, so having them in the same movie was a big deal. And then it was kind of waste. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't great. Well, their,
3: their fight scene um, when they first in meet the temple is so great. It's I, pretty cool. I love that scene. Um, their
2: scenes were really great. Uh, it was more about the American kid, which was slightly disappointing because you have these two great martial artists and it, it you could remove that kid white savior storyline and you'd have <laughs> almost a 10 times better film, in my opinion. So it was to reach out to American audiences. It was to definitely show, um, for a younger age. So yeah, I would totally show this to my kids. If i had any i don't but i would and maybe this would spark their interest in martial arts this is a jumping off point for americans and for children i think sure
3: i like the magical aspects of it oh know? i love the fantasy um, you know the, the fact that uh the silent monk is part of the monkey king i thought was really cool um you know because they they look the same they're, they're obviously played they're both played by jet lee Li, but like when you're first watching it, you're not sure if that's on purpose or not, like, or if he just played two roles because actors do that sometimes, but it actually is part of the story, right? Same with Jackie Chan, who plays the old man in the beginning. Um, yeah. That's, it's not just, they were just playing multiple roles because they were there. It's actually very important I, I liked those aspects of it. And I didn't really like the kid. He's definitely like the worst part of By the movie. far. Yeah. Um, I liked that. It was kind of bookended, like never ending story for me it was a little nostalgic uh, you know because you know never End is, there's those parallels of the kid from never ending story is bullied too and then he learns how to be tough and then he can fight back against the bullies right like it's almost the exact same three-point arc for the two characters mm-hmm. um so that was just kind of cute but yeah, yeah that, that... kind of like
1: kung fu panda same thing except that you didn't get the book you get like a kid reading a book but you get the kung fu panda has the same story kung
2: fu panda is, is fantastic yeah. yeah i mean kind of um so what <laughs> uh, you've recommended fearless to us in the past yeah and so
1: we're gonna do a part two of this you, right it of might course. be like five years from now no, based on but our current what record. other
2: jet Li movies we're would gonna, you recommend we're gonna
1: talk about fearless i'm gonna make you guys watch that one way okay. or another if i have to buy the blu-ray Sweetheart, so you guys watch i already it.
2: agreed to if it, it calm your tits list.
3: It was on our list, and then it got taken off the free streaming service. And we were trying not to buy too many. Of and these. to be fair, Rachel so. has said
1: she really did want to see that. So yeah. that one, I'm still like, I'm really having to push you guys to see that. Uh Romeo Must Die.
2: So Romeo Must Die is incredibly important for like one reason. That is the first time in American cinema where an Asian man, Eastern Asian man, and a black woman were paired together as a couple. It had never happened oh. before. That oh, yeah, was but... Aaliyah and Jet Li. So
3: I, I, uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen that movie, actually. Okay. Well, you'll watch when, it again, it and this time out. you'll have
1: something to watch for in it.
3: Yeah. But I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so those are two good Jet Li movies that we'll probably be talking about on the next one. I'd like to say... Uh, yeah, okay. Romeo Must Die. It's fine. It's, <laughs> it's not It's not the greatest story. In chat, they said Romeo Must Die is not good. And... You know, I, I like it, and maybe it's, it's not that great of a movie, but I like Jet Li is kind of charming in a weird way in it, and Aaliyah is very charismatic. and Aaliyah was fun a to fantastic
2: watch. actress. I, um, I, I think she's a better actress than she was a rapper, but that's my, and, you, you, you know. I, I, I enjoyed the movie, and the martial yeah. arts
1: in it is good. You get to see some weaponry that I would like to talk about in it that isn't utilized in cinema a lot, so. That's the main reason for that one, Midnight Pearl, if you're going to go call me out like that.
2: Well, in all fairness, we also did an entire podcast episode on the movie Hero, and that director has a ton of uh, martial arts movies that I really like. I I really like House of Flying Daggers, and I really like Curse of the Golden Flower. And then just last year, he did a movie called Shadow, which... Um, i think was up for a foreign oscar so like i i haven't seen it yet but i want to so like
1: these are more more martial arts movie jetly movies yeah rather than artistic um, jetly movies if
3: you are interested in our thoughts on hero that was episode 128.
2: Yeah,
1: another martial artist that I think we'll talk about on the next one, if I can get you guys to watch the movies, is uh, Tony Jaa.
2: Yes, uh, I've been wanting to watch Ang Bok Aung since Bok I the was. Protector is yeah. a big
1: one. Um, so it'll—he's not in a lot of movies. He's... He was, I think, in the ex- one of the Expendables movies, which is interesting. But um, was he? Yeah. Uh, so that'll be—we'll probably talk about Ang Bok um, and maybe go into a little bit more with Bruce Lee. Yeah. Okay. So
2: we had a lot of trouble trying to get into Fist of Fury. Is there another Bruce wow. Lee movie End you, of you the recommend? The Dragon. Yeah. Is a That's classic. the one that got where he died on set, right? And they End had. Of the two. Dragon? No. No?
1: No. Uh, I, I
2: thought that was the one with. Uh,
3: is that not the one
2: with Krimo Dolgjemar? Yeah, and they yeah, had to scrap th- it together. I like he died during, not at like on set. On set, I'm excuse sure me. The, that he
3: died during. Production.
1: Maybe it was. I don't. Th- I didn't think it was, but maybe it was. But that's a great movie. Um, okay. A great Bruce Lee movie. That is one of the classics. I have not. Yeah, um, cool. Or that's you really could watch cool. the one with uh, him versus Chuck Norris. Pass. Um, that, but that's really the only good part of that movie. And even that is debatable. Whether that's that good, the fight scene itself is good. But there's yeah. like
3: Enter the Dragon was his last film. Okay.
1: Yeah. Then it was. Uh, There's, like, four minutes of them, like, cracking their backs and, like, stretching before the... And then, like, a weird close-up of a cat. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, that's a weird scene. But, yeah, Enter the Dragon is is a classic bruce lee movie okay. so that would probably if i had to recommend one that would be what it is all
2: right so uh, we're gonna do some more jackie chan films we're gonna watch fearless we're gonna watch Ong Bak, and we're gonna watch enter the dragon for martial arts episode number two i'm gonna space this out about a couple months but i really want to keep take on the this. time
1: you guys need it's not in a huge rush or anything right so. like th-
2: they're not fresh movies right. we're not here with the hot
3: takes but it right. has been nice having a, a a good pressure to watch them, because I like these kinds of movies, but I tend to You didn't to just, have any reason to watch them. Well, I mean, it's not that. The reason is because I want to and I like them. It's more of just they get pushed aside for the more topical stuff. Well, this, not, at the
1: minimum, is three movies, probably four if we throw in another old Jackie Chan movie. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you'll have some... That's four movies in two months. I mean, for you guys is a lot, of, for as extra homework, yeah, well. you know what I mean? Because you see a lot of movies already, so... Um, I think true. that's not too crazy. but And I think this
2: is how we should kind of do our fill our holes maybe from now on. You know, we do, we focus on a genre. We each come up with a list of like six movies. Maybe we've seen some, maybe we haven't. And then we just have a big discussion about them later When you guys were
1: telling, asking me what movie I wanted to pick, I I had at least two ideas and they were both martial arts movies. And I was like, well, we're getting ready to do a martial arts review. So I'm not going to pick those because that would ruin it. But
3: have you picked? Because that's next week's. No, we're
1: doing something else, I thought. Are we? Yeah. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Stay tuned. Oh, man. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so, I you know, I didn't want to do two martial arts weeks in a row. You know, right. it, so Yeah, anyway.
2: You all have to watch Rock-A-Doodle. I don't
3: even know what
1: that is.
2: How dare you? <laughs> I've seen
1: it. It's the animated <laughs> one about the... the Shot uh, to Claire. uh, Yeah. Shot yeah. To Claire the rooster. rooster yeah. He
2: loses his memory and lives on a I've farm. I've seen it. I love it. But I mean, it's, it's been a, a while. And a no, Don we're not Blues watching. Film. We're not reviewing that. Derek, we're not don't reviewing don't Rockadoodle. I don't, remember, I, don't, I don't remember that one. I like Don Bluth films.
3: I don't remember that one. Um,
1: I, I vaguely remember it. It was yeah. something.
2: I loved it. Rock-a-doodle, I don't rock a rock-a-doodle, seen anything from doodle, it. rock-a-doodle. <laughs> Had a theme song. That's I the theme it. song, Derek. Yeah. Okay. There's more know, lyrics lovely. to it. There's more words, but yeah, that's yeah. basically there's more, it. There's more words and <laughs> notes
3: and
1: things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's the exact dance. <laughs> this is what right. you miss Split when chickens. you're just doing the audio version, <laughs> guys. I know, right?
3: Um, all right. So anything else we want to cover then? We're... No.
2: No we're good. No, I think that's that's a good wrap. We talked to a lot of a lot of films. So, we've yeah. got recommendations for next time and look out for our part 2 episode. We'll we'll put it on the schedule here, soon
3: So, I'm going to plug real quick. How dare Spellbound, you? which is a brand new show here on the Heroes Podcast Network hosted by Ray. Me. And um, the first three episodes are out right now. They are. Uh, they cover Good Omens, se- the series Good Omens, um, with guest uh, Zach, who's been on the show before here. Yes. But I also wanted to plug it because uh, the episode that should be coming out tomorrow for people who are listening to this when it comes out um, will be the first part of your Dark Crystal discussion.
2: With Ryan! Wait, when is that one coming out?
3: Friday. Oh, Geez, okay. Yeah. yeah. Guess yeah. we
1: better record the second part of that pretty soon, huh? <laughs> yeah.
3: Um so God, yeah, so I just, you know, we I I think we, we plugged a promo earlier in the episode about that, so I'm not gonna mm. spend any more time. I just wanted to plug that you're both gonna be doing it this coming week. So That's right.
2: Yeah.
1: We really absolutely. go deep.
3: Are you excited, Ray, about your new show?
2: I am having a lot of fun with it. Screen Heroes is absolutely wonderful, but sometimes due to our time constraints and our overabundance of content we don't get to really dig deep into some of these series and that was my goal with Spellbound it's just to dig deep and I really wanted to review all the upcoming fantasy shows on streaming networks and I get to do it so there you go that's it that's my show
3: all right. Take us out.
2: All right, guys. If you want to follow us individually, you can follow Ryan at Buster Props on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow Derek at the Star Trek Dude on the exact same platforms and me, Siren Ray, on the exact same platforms. You can follow the Heroes Podcast at HeroesPodcast.com for all of our shows. We have, what, six now? Five? Uh, Well, five, Red Shirts six? and
3: Runabouts is on hiatus, so there's five are six currently. There's so six shows. Five are currently running.
2: There we, there we go. You can follow the individual podcasts all on Twitter. They all have uh, their own individual handles. Ours is at Screen Heroes Pod. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all, that good, all stuff. Of that good stuff. And lastly, we do have a Patreon. We do appreciate any help that you can throw at us. Every little bit helps.
3: And if you just want to throw it at me and it's money, that's fine, too. We can arrange something.
2: Derek will strip for cash. So if you, will, cash if you throw stream, cash at him, if you throw cash yeah. at him, he'll, uh, he'll goes, take off a sock.
3: That goes up. That goes against Twitch's user policies. Only if so. you show Ding Dong. I don't know. I haven't read them that specifically. You can
1: tease way, some sideball or something. If you I show, show your win. hot dog, then we're in trouble. That's right. Okay.
2: But if you show your, your little tootsies, you'll be fine.
1: That's right. There's a lot of people that pay a lot of money to see tootsies online. <laughs> Those are feet, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, toes specifically, <laughs> toes, not sorry. just feet. So not my feet. You can just see my toes. Uh, <laughs> All
2: right, guys. We'll catch you next week. Join us on Twitch every Tuesday for live video and conversation. And listen every Thursday for the podcast. Okay. I'm out. Mic drop. Rock-a-doodle, rock-a-doodle. Oh, you're still recording (laughs) it? I can't stop We'll you